Canucks Central Tuesday. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah in the Kintec studio. Canuck Central is brought to you by Grip Auto Entire. Quality service you can trust and 14 locations to serve you. Canucks and San Jose Sharks. Coming up tonight, we'll bring you the pregame after 6 o'clock. 6.30, we'll join up with Sportsnet Pacific and get you ready for a night at Rogers Arena coming out of the Christmas break. Hope you and yours had a great little holiday break yourselves. Enjoyed whatever it was you were doing, eating a lot of food, drinking lots of eggnog, um, Spending boxing a lot of money. day shopping. <laughs> yes. Did you boxing day shop? I did a bit yesterday. I mean, not yeah. for me, but yes. Mm. We're going to do uh, overrated, underrated, and uh, <laughs> apparently boxing day shopping is a big topic for people. It is. I mean, it is people. I mean, the thing is, um, I'll explain how I did my yeah uh, Boxing Day shopping with my partner, and it was essentially like hitting up two stores early in the morning, <laughs> get in and get out. Get that in was pretty out. much what it was. I was uh, not as well planned as that. I'll say that much. Yeah, if you try to head out like mid midway through the day or later in the afternoon on Boxing Day, <laughs> Good it's, luck. it's a disaster. Like you got to you got to you got to hit up the stores before noon, and if yeah. you do that, you're okay. After that, it's you're you know why even bother yeah it's uh it's a little bit tough (laughs) after that uh speaking from experience yeah uh but canucks get back to it tonight coming off a a couple of comeback wins uh over thursday and friday before the christmas break and a couple of things really worked out we talked about it at length in the uh, post game show friday but you know that win over edmonton comeback win after going down 2-0 in the first period wasn't just Pedersen that was great. Horvat had four points. Miller had a couple of goals. All three of them played well, mm-hmm. and all three of them played separately at five on five. And it's sort of the blueprint that Bruce Boudreau had coming into the season that just never really worked. Yeah, because I mean, if the Canucks are going to have any chance, you want to talk yourself into it. Of course, you need Elias Pedersen to be playing at a high level. Like you need him to do what he's doing for you to have that chance. Of course, right. But I don't think any of that is sustainable because Pedersen's not going to be able to score, you know, seven points every two games the rest of the season. Like, he can't do that the rest of the year. I'm not going to put a ceiling on this at, okay? You can do whatever you want. Yeah, listen, I'm like the uh, I'm the conductor of the hype train for Elias Pedersen. And even I'm like, hey, I don't think he's going to average, you know, three and a half points per game from this point on like he has the last two games. But the, the point I'm trying to make here is if, however, Pedersen stays at this level, and you have Miller and you have Horvat mm-hmm. winning their matchups or at least drawing even yep. on their own lines, playing down the middle. Well, you know what that is? That's that's a recipe to have the same type of success you had last season. Again, ultimately, is that enough big picture-wise to be the contender you want? No, we all know that. But as far as giving yourself a chance and trying to get back into it, that's a template to me. And it, it worked pretty well. I mean, uh, Miller had one of his best games of the season, may have even been the Canucks' um, best player, although it's hard to uh, call him that when Bo Horvat had four points and Colin Delia had the night that he had and walked away with the championship belt after the game as the player of the game, as voted by the previous player of the game. Horvat, was, win. Horvat had an outstanding third period. He did. And he had four points, and that's why you know we talked about him as one of the stars of that game. And hey, anytime you have four points, I don't care what it looks like, and you win a hockey game, and you yep. scored a game-winning goal, you give the guy credit. The first 40 minutes, it was a struggle for both. It was. For that line, it was a massive struggle. But what they I were thought, on the ice for both goals against as well. But what I thought 
was good, though. Pedersen's line wasn't winning its matchup. And JT Miller had maybe his best game down the middle playing defense, defensively, which is something we talked about a lot. Like, he needs to be better defensively, better with puck management. Those things were evident, and Bo's third period was incredible. Well, from from Edmonton's perspective, uh, the only line that really threatened and did... uh, caused the Canucks trouble at five on five was Connor McDavid. Yeah. Now they were able to keep um, Leon Dreisaitl at bay and able to keep uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins at bay as well. So, you know, that was good task. You're, you're not going to be able to stop all of those guys on a night, but they at least slowed down the others. And Connor McDavid was only able to do so much damage to Vancouver. So the, the biggest part about it though is, and always has been, Elias Pettersson. Yeah. We saw it Thursday against Seattle, the five points, uh, goes into Friday, and the Oilers managed five shot attempts against the Canucks mm-hmm. when Pettersson was on the ice. Just an astounding number, um, especially given the circumstance, playing on the second half of a back-to-back, coming off the flu, all of those things, and he was just lights out defensively, even if he wasn't as dangerous offensively, still came away with two points, of course, but it was impressive. Nonetheless, and I start to wonder, Sat, is Pedersen at this level enough to drag the Canucks back into the playoff race? I know Bruce Boudreaux keeps saying, you know, my 16-17 team in Anaheim, we we weren't even 500 before New Year's, so we're, we're ahead of schedule right now with this squad. He's trying to stay positive. I get it. But... Is Pedersen at this level enough to drag the Canucks back into a playoff? Race? Not on his own. Mm. Just not. I mean, we've seen Connor McDavid miss the playoffs with great years with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And he's the best player on the planet. Yeah. One player in hockey is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. That's why the overall team game has to improve. And we kind of sound like broken records talking about process has to be better. And that comes down with playing down the middle, the three of your guys. But if you want to allow the pathway to get there, somebody has to lead the way. Pedersen's leading the way. Is he dragging them into the playoff fight? I can buy that. I can buy him dragging them into the playoff fight, but they don't need more than him to stay in that in that race. Yeah. I mean, they're 500 right now. It's not getting easier this month. They got a tough road trip coming up. This is maybe the easiest game you got coming up, and it's against the San Jose Sharks after the Christmas break, which can be a bit of a toss-up game because, hey, the guys have had a couple of days off and mm-hmm. everyone's been stuffing their face with food and, and beverages and enjoying time with their family. So it can be a little bit of a iffy game for everybody involved in one of these well, ones. Well, every game at home for the Canucks well, in the first been. period is pretty iffy. So. Yeah, well, and you got, you got uh, a suggestion <laughs> we're going to be talking about coming up in a bit here uh, during the pregame show. But if he can, I think he can be the inspiration. Mm-hmm. But unless everybody else is actually inspired and play-inspired and JT and Bo can control their own lines... I don't think it's going to be enough. Like those guys have to win their matchups consistently because I don't think Pedersen on his own is going to be able to do this. Like we've seen a lot of teams have great players and they don't get anywhere. Yeah. I mean, we saw the Buffalo Sabres with Jack Eichel mm-hmm. for years. Nowhere close. No. Um, the, the, the season that comes to mind is Taylor Hall's Hart Trophy winning season yeah. in New Jersey. That was pretty impressive. I still think Nathan McKinnon should have won it that year, but you know, you're talking about if it were to happen, you're talking about Elias Pettersson sort of being in a Hart Trophy conversation at the end of it, at the very least in the conversation. But uh, is it enough to get him in the playoff race? 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. We'll read some of your texts 
as uh, as the show goes on. Let's bring in our next guest. It is Irfan Gafar of the fourth period Canucks insider. What's happening, Irf? What's going on, fellas? How are we? Happy holidays. Uh, still, still recovering, still digesting. Yeah, it's a lot of food, a lot of sweets. I eat too much panettone. I don't I, like. I I got to stop with that stuff. Just gonna be sweets honest. Sweets are the best part. No, <laughs> I can't do too many sweets. I try to do some of them. Although I did, I did have an incredible dessert yesterday. I will say. Oh, yeah. Now I'm intrigued. I'm a big dessert guy, mm-hmm. so I guess I feel you on that. When you know, when you get a really, really, really good dessert, it mm-hmm. hits right. Yeah. yeah. What's like, the go-to cheesecake, or uh, what are we talking here? I like cheesecake. I like tiramisu. Tiramisu. Oh. I had, said it wrong to piss you tiramisu. off. You know? Tiramisu. Tiramisu. That's it's yeah. not hard. Last night I had a tiramisu chocolate bar. Tiramisu. Yeah. Oh. It was delicious. Chocolate bar? Yeah. Wow. Now that sounds fancy. Mm, right. It was fancy. All right. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's get in on the Canucks. They went a couple of games before this uh, little mini three-day break before Christmas, and they're back to 500. Elias Pettersson is playing out of his mind right now. Do you think Pettersson, uh, on his own, uh, with the level he's playing at, can kind of drag the Canucks back into a playoff race, kind of like we were seeing him drag them to a couple of wins? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think he's going to get five points every single night, but, you know, you get that effort out of him, you know, more often than not on most nights, you know, you hope good things are going to happen. But, you know, I think that, you know, you just can't, if you're the Canucks and you see yourself as 500 team right now and and you think that you can be, you know, stay at that level or be even better, you're going to need to stop being down in hockey games and hope that Elias Pettersson puts on his magic cape and saves you every single night, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, it's happened far often too many times this season, and we've seen it. You know, in years past, it's been the goalie that has bailed them out, whether it was Demko or, or Markstrom uh, a few years ago. And then uh, in other years, you know, JT Miller was a guy that, that would drag them into the fight. And, you know, this time it's Elias Pettersson. But um, the kid's playing fantastic. There's no doubt about it. Um, we saw this from year one, the way that, you know, he's so deceptive with the puck on his stick. His hockey IQ is when he's on the ice, he's probably the smartest player on the ice for both teams. Um, and, and then that's easy because he's playing for a lot, he's playing against a lot of pretty good players. So, um, yeah, like this team, I, I, I don't know if they're a playoff team, um, but if Elias Patterson keeps playing this way, you know, maybe the other guys can, can try and hop on board and, and, and get on this train that this guy's driving. Well, and that's kind of what we were discussing. I mean, <laughs> He's not going to be able to do it alone. We've seen you yeah. know, great players, individual players on a lot of bad teams not get anywhere. It doesn't. It has to be more than that one guy. But it's what you mentioned. Can he? Can he be the spark that gets everybody else kind of going? And and I think that's the best you can hope for because the the key here is, and I think this has kind of been the elephant in the room, regardless of how well Delia's played the other game, regardless of how much Spencer Martin's done, the only one individual player that can really carry a team is a, goal, a goalie, right? Yeah. Like that, That's what can make you a playoff team when you're not a playoff team. When you're not a good playoff team that can win, help you win a round or two. That's what really is the greatest equalizer if you have great goaltending. And as long as the Canucks don't have that elite goaltending, I think they're gonna what they're going to need is to find another level with their team game. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. It's going to have to be like how they play in Edmonton for 40 minutes for the rest of the season. That's the only way. Yeah. And look, and I think it's at that point now where, you know, teams are starting to zone in on, on you know, if you're a playoff team right now, if you're a bubble team or, or if you're a team that, you know, is completely out of it and, you know, is going to try and tank for, for Connor Bedard. But, like, the Canucks aren't built like that St. Louis Blues team that went and won the Cup. They don't have the four group like they do. They don't – they're not – I'm not entirely sure that, you know, when, if and when Demko comes back or Spencer Martin can be that, you know, Jordan Binnington goaltender, right? Because that's a team that you look at and say, okay, that they were so far out of the picture – 
And they played themselves into the Stanley Cup and they won it, right? That was just unbelievable. But uh, that this team's just not built like that. I think what the biggest thing is, like you just mentioned, Sad, is they have that hope and he can be that spark. And more guys should look at him and be like, okay, if PD's doing this, I got to raise my game at least a half, of, half an inch or a mile or whoever it is. Like there's got to be more guys on this team that can't just sit back and watch and say, oh my God, PD's this and PD's that. Well, you're playing on this team too. You know, why can't you raise the level of your play? It's uh, so much criticism has been laid on uh, on JT Miller's uh, doorstep this year, and a lot of it is warranted. He has the two goals Friday night. This is kind of the time he broke out last year. Am I uh, am I thinking uh, we could see a better JT Miller through the second half of the season? I definitely am. Are you? Well, I mean, there's also fifty six million dollars. <laughs> the reason why there's a lot of criticism, right? Yeah. One hundred percent. And you got, and, and but it's warranted. I get it. Like you're, if you're the big money guy, you got to produce like the big money guy. Because Peterson is producing like a big money guy. Um, but you're right. You know, he had a couple of goals um, over the weekend, and you know, you you hope that he can get to that play where people just don't want to play against him, where he makes it hard on the forecheck, where he's tough to beat in his own zone, where he's a guy that just drives play and goes to the net and goes to all the dirty areas and and scores. And, you know, we saw that the other night. So, you know, you hope the break did him good and he's got to spend Christmas with the family and, and, and all sorts of things like that. But, you know, you, you hope and think that, you know, he's another guy that can kind of come out of this, out of this break and, and, be, and be rejuvenated a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, before we move on a bit more, I wanted to circle back on something about Pedersen big picture organizationally. Because last year when Rutherford came in, he, he was waxing poetic quite a bit about Thatcher Demko and also Quinn Hughes. And, you know, he mentioned Pedersen and how they expect to see him get back to where he's at. How much do you think management's opinion of Pedersen or maybe more so about, about that? Like how, how impressed do you think they are? with what he's done so far and what he can mean big picture. Cause I think they, they, I think he's done more than they expected. Yeah. But I think that a lot of us that have watched this team for a long time, you know, knew that that was there. Yes. Right. And especially with people that cover the team every day and things like that. And, you know, obviously Rutherford and Alvin probably didn't watch a whole lot of Leo's Patterson over the last couple of years. Um, and granted he, he had some injury, he had some injury issues as well, but you know, this is a guy that, you know, didn't really say much in the offseason, kind of came into camp a little bit quiet and just went about his business. And now he's showing up each and every single night. Is he going to put up five points every night? Probably not. But I think it's one of two things with management. Yes, maybe a little bit of like, okay, wow, um, this is a guy that we need to build our franchise around. This is our guy. And two, we have this guy. <laughs> How much are we going to have to pay him to keep him here? Right? So it's a little bit of both because you've got to have that conversation Right. If he's getting to 100 point seasons and well over that and scoring 30, 40 goals, you know, a year, his numbers got to start with 11. You know, they, they have to have that in mind. Maybe even more than that, mm-hmm. um, you know, because his, his comps will be obviously way up there as well. Uh, but, yeah, he um, from what I've been you know, told and hearing, he's definitely the guy that they're looking at and say, this is the guy that we need to build around. This is our future. Um, and obviously, as Elliot mentioned a while ago, you know, the, the only quote-unquote untouchable on that roster. It feels like that's now the biggest priority of the summer for this front office is just to get Pedersen done to a long-term yeah. deal. Yeah, I, look, I, I agree with that, but there's also a lot more work that they have to do, and who's to say that Pedersen doesn't say, fix all your other stuff before you even come and talk to me? Yeah. Cause, like, there's, that's there's a scary a thought, do, right? though. <laughs> right? Oh, no, I, I, 100%. I agree. And the fans don't, probably don't want to hear that. But if I'm committing long-term and I'm going to be the big guy here and the, and the top dog and getting paid the big money, I want guys that 
are going to come in and, and be guys that I can be relied on that are play behind me every single night. Defensemen that are going to be there to be able to show up every single night. And, you know, you already have your goalie. And obviously we saw with Spencer Martin's been able to do small sample size, but um, this roster still needs a lot of work. And I don't think that that's a secret at all. And, and I think the players on this team as well, the guys that you think are going to be here a long time know that too. Yeah. Well, I think that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I believe we're seeing the Canucks struggle a little bit is because I think that they're aware of their flaws as well and how things are going to change and how they will change at some point. Not to make excuses, but I wonder if that plays a part into it. But one of the things that people keep asking is, what's the goal for the rest of the season? Of course, if you get into the playoff race, you're back in the playoff race. But to that point you made about making decisions long term and trying to put the pieces together to ultimately get to where you want to get to, I don't think how they play the rest of the season is really going to determine or change Rutherford and Alvin's direction of what they do. Like they can win five or six in a row here, and if they get the deal they want, I still think they're going to pull the trigger on it. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent agree. I think your long term vision is more important than short term mm-hmm. one round playoff success, hundred percent. And I think that you know that's a conversation that that that's being had, right? You have to make a decision on Bo Horvat here at some point, right? Are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to resign him? What are you going to resign him for if you're going to make him another offer or when are we going to trade him? That's, that's a decision that needs to be made here probably, you know, in the next little while and obviously before the trade deadline, but that that's definitely being talked about. Um, and then there's other guys on this roster, you know, is a guy like Tyler Myers garnering more interest for, from around the national hockey league is a guy like uh, Brock Besser. You know, we've heard, we've heard his name as well. The Canucks don't want to retain any salary on that. Is that a decision that's going to be made differently now as we enter the new year? Um, and as they start to maybe play a little bit better. Or a guy like Connor Garland as well, right? So there's all these guys, all these names that you look at on this roster and say, who of them or who do we think, if you're the management, is part of this team's future? And right now there's Elias Pettersson, Thatcher Demko, and probably, you know, JT Miller just because he signed to that monster contract. But beyond that, who really knows? I would say, like, um, from personal opinion, <laughs> uh, I, I would say I'd I'd want an answer on Horvat by the All Star break and that bye week, and that that yeah. gives you like a month into the the trade deadline to kind of see the market and where it's at for a trade. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the Horvat camp wants that too. Um, from pro, from their side, they at least want to know what direction they're 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 going to go here. And yeah, it's not going to be the Horvat camp that's going to go to the Canucks you know, and say, okay, let's try and work this out again. I think it's the Canucks are going to have to make the next move here and kind of tell them which direction that they're leading to go, whether we're either going to try and find a destination for Bo or let's try and work out at least to see if we can get to the same ballpark on a deal here. So my my kind of theory, working theory on what's happening, and it's, it's somewhat informed because we've talked about this quite a bit over the last little bit, that they are at some point going to take another run at it with Bo. And right now they're not, and but they are at some point going to take another run at it. And the way I see it going, and it's kind of, and we broke it down a little bit similar to what happened with JT in the summer. The Canucks made an offer to JT, which was significant at the at the draft, but not the ultimate offer they made a couple months later. They explored the trade. Yeah. Nothing happened. Ultimately, they signed him. What I think is going to happen is kind of going to be similar to what the Canucks did with JT right before training camp. Make him an offer. Does he want it? Great. If not, now we're making the move. So I think when we get to that point, when the Canucks make Bo that next offer or they have the next discussion, I think it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be, hey, we have a trade. We have something here. Here's our best offer. What do you think? Do you want to sign this or do you not? If you're not, we're going to make a trade. I think the next time they talk to Bo, they're going to have a pretty good idea of what direction they're going to go to, depending on his answer. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that in the next couple of weeks and, and, and maybe in a month here, even like you mentioned, reach right around all-star break, you know, 
teams are going to start to call a little bit more. You know, teams are going to start to gear up if you're a contender or if you're or if you're a team that's out there that really, really, really values this guy. You say okay, then they're they're going to start calling the Vancouver Canucks and making offers. But I agree with you, Seth. Like heard the same thing, man. Like they're they're not. Look, there wasn't a contract for Bo under the Christmas tree this year from the Vancouver Canucks, right? <laughs> it, it just it wasn't going to happen. But that's not to say that there's not well, that's going to be one or a conversation that's going to be had before a decision's made. The next conversation that they're probably going to have with Bo is, okay, like you said, there's something here. Here's our final offer, or here's what we have. If not, we're going to move you. And that's really it's all she wrote. That's mm-hmm. all she's right right now. So uh, Brock scores on on Friday night, and yeah. we know it's been a tough go for him, but they, they've kind of been forcing him in on, on power play one when Kuzmenko has, I'd say, earned that spot more than Brock has at any point this year. But it it almost just feels like Bruce is trying anything to get this guy going and playing again. Yeah, and I think confidence, you know, with confidence with scoring helps as well, right? Yeah. You know, you get that goal, you see the puck go in the net, okay, a little bit of a weight off your shoulders there. Um, as well so why not you know he had he has had success there on on power play on that power play and I know that Kuzmenko has obviously worked his tail off this season and should be you know on that unit but if you're trying to get a guy going you know put him with your best players you know put him in a position to succeed to to like you mentioned reach just at least try and get something out of this guy because we obviously know it's it's been a tough year for Brock so far but um scoring goals does confidence for players right you know you feel good about yourself and then he's like okay comes to practice his name on the board for power play one all right you know coach is feeling me a little bit you, you, you trust me here in this situation you know maybe i'm not playing as bad as as people might be saying i am maybe may, maybe it's in his own head a little bit so we'll see what happens tonight i mean it'll be interesting to see if he goes out there and does get a goal again and then we'll see we'll see what happens but um i think i think it's just to try and get his confidence back up to be honest now on the kuzmenko front so I believe the Canucks can sign Kuzmenko to an extension once they get into the new year, January 1st, yeah. I believe what it is. How long do you think they wait until they start having those discussions with Kuzmenko? Oh, it's interesting because how long does Kuzmenko's camp say, okay, well, let's, let's, let's wait a couple months. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what happens here, right? And I think that that's kind of the same thing with Elias Pettersson, right? You want to have the conversations, but does the player or the agent want to have the conversation with you right now? Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm Kuzmenko's captain, my guy is going to at least score 25 goals this year, or and you know put up a, put up a really good amount of points. Why not? Let's try and drive his price a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Canucks are making if the Canucks are going to make him an offer that's over four and a half million dollars times three or four years, you know they're probably going to have to take a look at it. But I bet you right now, you know, if you were to talk to someone in Kuzmenko's camp, they think he's a maybe four seven five to a five million dollar guy right now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I think. I mean, we, we've... Yeah, we do. I, we talked about this. I'd be shocked. My theory, again, here's another theory, that when there were discussions <laughs> with Mikheyev, that it was, hey, if things go well, ballpark, that's what we're looking at for Kuzmenko. That if things go yeah. well in Vancouver, and, and he's the player we think, ballpark, that contract Kuzmenko, uh, Mikheyev got, four times 4.75. So you're talking about 18 to $25 million. Somewhere in that range, I think, is, is, is going to be his range. Yeah, and I think, like I said it before on the show, and I've said it before again, like, he chose to come here. He doesn't not want to play in Vancouver. He had other options, but he chose to be a Vancouver Canucks. So that helps in that sense where, you know, he wants to be here, and obviously he enjoys it, and the chemistry that he's found with Elias Pedersen has been pretty, pretty, has been another reason why Elias Pedersen has had the success that he's had um, this season as well. So it'll be an interesting negotiation, but yeah, four, four times, you know, 4.75, maybe even a little bit more than that. I think could 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 probably potentially what something looks like there. 
I told you Man United was better without Cristiano Ronaldo. They look good today. Oh, they played. <laughs> Nottingham Forest, come on. Oh, God. I uh, mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> a win's a win. I'll take him where I can get him. Uh, well, at least we know for the Seahawks, Nathaniel couldn't hack it, so uh, Seahawks are getting a top-five pick from the Broncos. You were sitting on that from the moment he got fired. <laughs> you knew I was coming on today yes. to say that. Oh, Top-five pick oh, for the boy. Seahawks. I love that. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's great. You know what's going to happen, though? They're not going to draft a quarterback, and no. they're going to pay Dino. Uh, might be, be a tough look. <laughs> I love uh, – I love the reaction people had to like uh, Patton, the GM being like, yeah, we still believe in Russell. We think we can figure it out. It's like, what do you expect him to say? Yeah. I mean, have you yeah. seen people in the, the worst? committed a quarter billion dollars to him. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to know, if, if you want, if you want to find out if somebody has no idea what they're talking about, yeah. if they mention trading or cutting Russell Wilson, then that person has no idea how that contract, like, the dead money, that's like 90 million or yeah. something next season. Like he's not going anywhere. Nope. It's you got Walmart no choice. Money. If, if anyone can do it, it's those owners, but they're obviously right. I mean, you're not going to spend half your salary cap on dead money to get rid of a quarterback. It's not going to happen. You need to spend a like $230 million. Where are you, really you really going to find a better one? Where are you really going to find a better one? Your top <laughs> five pick is going to Seattle. He's not going anywhere. Like, they have no choice but to try to make it work with him. They have no choice. There's nothing they can do. Nothing. Uh, it's just – the crazy thing is about – you just – yeah, the dead cap next year. Sorry, I was wrong. The dead cap next year for Russell Wilson is $107 million. $107 million. So if anybody tells you that Russell Wilson is not going to be with Broncos next year, they're smoking something you want to stay away from. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's not happening. Russell Wilson will Russell be Wilson, riding. Russell Wilson, might, Russell Wilson might be the only Bronco next season. Yeah. yeah could everyone, be. everyone else wants out. Yeah, he'll be riding with Broncos country no matter what. Uh, all right, I'll stop. Uh, enough bad, yeah, I'm bad out. jokes. Yeah. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's uh, Irfan Gaffar. Uh, uh, Freude to the fullest watching Russ oh, stink it up it's, in Denver. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, I, he can't possibly be that bad, though, mm-hmm. can he? He can't be that bad. Like right now, Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than he is. Yeah. That can't be true. I refuse to believe that's true. He did like he had proper receivers in Denver. I oh, guess it like they were kind of on and off hurt all year long. Yeah, I'm not making excuses for him. He's got to be better and he's been a corny, you know what? And he's sucked like he has. But I can't like, he can't be this bad. Like he's playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and he was one of the top 10 quarterbacks not that long ago. Yeah. When you when you have a coach who's as in over his head, as Nathaniel Hackett was, it's kind of tough. Like the NFL, coaching can you lose you a lot of games. Oh, I mean the Browns are missing the playoffs this year because of coaching. Yeah, absolutely. You can talk about the the uh, the Watson stuff. Yeah, and they've done a lot. But look at the games they've cost themselves. They lost three games because of coaching this year. All right, all right. We'll this isn't that. football central. All right. Forget sorry, it. sorry to all the listeners. <laughs> we just had to, we had to get that out of our system. Yeah. That's my favorite. It's like you, you guys realize this is Russell Wilson's last year in Denver. It's like, do you understand the NFL salary cap? Do you have any idea what mm. that looks like? No, you don't. Uh, now back to our previously <laughs> scheduled program, Canuck Central.